0: Um, hello, um, okay, so, uh, I got, I got COVID, and I wrote a short story, so, <laughs> so, uh, here it is, um, I'm not sick or nothing, just in case anyone's worried, um, I just have, like, a bit of a head cold, so I might sound like I have a head cold, but, um, that's all that's wrong with me, so, uh, I'm fine, but, uh, yeah, I got COVID, and I wrote a short story, so, uh, so here it is. Um. so this is the night they buried him uh, I suppose a warning for people uh, this contains some stuff that people might find uh, disturbing <laughs> distressing and uh, probably offensive I don't know so here you go I offered to make my aunt a cup of tea but she didn't want anything It was the night of the funeral and the neighbours and friends who would usually be offering their condolences were all at home. Nobody came. I wouldn't have come if I was them either. Given the way Larry died, it's understandable to want to distance yourself, which was strange for such a popular man. There isn't many ways a person can die nowadays that can make close friends not turn up to your funeral, and this was one of them. God, it was fucking uncomfortable in that house. There was only the four of us, me, my mother, Breed and Timmy. It was Timmy I felt most sorry for. I don't know how you'd even begin to process your father down that way. I honestly just don't know. I hoped that nobody would say anything to him, taking a piss like. Surely they wouldn't, but lads his age in secondary school are fucking slow. 17 year olds might come up with anything just because they thought it was funny. Surely they wouldn't hear though. But the tension inside that house was unreal. Hardly a word was spoken between anyone since we got back from the mass. Fucking hell, the mass. By God, that was awkward. You could hear a pin drop. And not just because there was hardly anyone there. bare the four of us and the odd old fellow who'd turn up their funeral anyway just as a way to get out of the house. There was silence from everyone. I was shocked the priest would even agree to say the mass. I couldn't believe you could actually have a proper burial mass in the whole lot when you died that way. Surely the church objected to that. Surely. He was going on with the usual rant about Larry being accepted into the kingdom of heaven. But there was no way that was true. There was no way Larry was getting into heaven after the way he died. No way. I still remember getting the call when I was in college. I couldn't believe what had happened. Now we hadn't been told the whole story at that point. That came a few days later, but by God, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I came home straight away and rushed back to the lads. I'll never forget the look Timmy had in his face when I got back. He wasn't upset looking. He wasn't crying. He was just rattled. I don't know how to describe it. He faintly acknowledged me when he saw me, but I think I could have been missing an arm and he wouldn't have noticed. Breed, his mother, was just stone-faced. She hardly acknowledged anyone. She was the one who found Larry out in the lawn. Thankfully I managed to get out of the house for a few minutes. I felt bad for wanting to leave but there's only so much of that you can take. It's overwhelming. And I'm still not sure how to process everything. Ma'am said the lads could do with getting something to eat so I offered to head down to the chipper to get something for them. It was fucking freezing that night. As I sat outside the condensation on the window into the chipper made it hard to make out who was inside. But I could see the outline of a gang of old lads. Probably Jim and the rest of them. Larry would have been friendly enough with them down the pub. When I eventually headed in, I found it was indeed Jim and the lads, probably down for a bit to eat between pints. When I stepped in the door, their laughing and joking was brought to a standstill. They glanced at me and put the head down. Casey took a second or two to stop laughing because he had his back to me. Well, Jim, how's things, man? I said, filling up the silence. How are you? He replied back, clearly not wanting me to answer. I could tell they felt bad for not coming to the funeral, but I didn't really care. Jim had a big thick moustache that he'd been growing for as long as anyone could remember. You would often see him with his folded arms resting on his big gut and his head was always tilted slightly to the right as if he was permanently winking at someone. I went to the counter and ordered. As your man was getting the chips I turned to Jim and said Are you above Lees for the night, are you? Leahy's was the local where they'd often be. He was shocked that even asked. They clearly didn't want any sort of conversation going. No, not at all, he said politely. We just came in from work for something to eat. We'll be heading home there Noel. Alright, the town's quiet tonight, isn't it? Tis, he said, and then nothing else. The sizzling of the chips and the blowing extractor fan was all that was to be heard after that. Your man laid my order up in the counter. I paid him and headed off, exchanging a few nods with the lads as I left. The town was dead that night, the roads vacant, the streets a deep orange from the lamps, and the frost forming on the footpaths nobody was out, I drove through the town for a gawk, just killing time, I wondered driving through what was going on behind all the closed curtains, what were they all talking about, were they talking about Larry, they must have been, this is going to be talked about for years and years to come you could tell, and I wonder what was being said now, talking about Breed as much as anything else, she must have known, how could she not have known, Mam always says people move on after a few weeks. You're the talk of the town for the worst possible reason for about two weeks and then people just forget. Something else happens and they talk about that instead. Small towns are just like that, full of gossiping and whispering and then they move on. But it would be a long time before anyone forgets this. I seriously don't see how anyone could forget this and I'm sure people are already trying to. I know I am. I'm almost certain that Timmy and Breed are trying to erase this in their minds. But there's no forgetting this no this is sticking i'd nearly go as far as saying that the town will be branded as this forever isn't that the town where your men died nobody's forgetting this i decided to head into center to buy some fags i never usually buy fags but it was a difficult time and i was gasping i never usually buy fags but it was a difficult time and i was gasping i fired 20 ore into the tank while i was there Fucking hell, it was freezing. I could see my breath, and my hand was half sticking to the pump from the cold. There was nobody in the shop when I went in, only me and Tara behind the counter. I swear I hadn't seen Tara since the leaving sort. Hi, Dylan. Tara said to me, "How are you?" How's things, Tara? I said back. I had twenty or diesel there, and could I get a packet of silk cut off you there? You can, of course, she said, and she went to fetch the fags for me. Which silk cut do you want? Bollocks! I was caught. I hadn't a notion. I realised then I'd only ever bought fags out of the machine in pubs where I'd usually just press a button and smoke whatever the fuck came out. I tried to think of an answer but I ended up just saying Ah any at all Tara, I have no notion. She laughed and brought down a box for me. Thanks very much, I said. Nothing strange with you anyway, she said. No, I felt it was easier to say. She obviously hadn't heard the news. What are you at these days, I asked. I'm in you she said. Oh, unreal, how are you getting on there? Not too bad now, she said. Where are you? I'm in LIT, I said. Oh, yes, that's right, engineering, isn't it? Yeah. How's that? Not too bad. Do you go out much, she asked me. I would do, I said. Not much now, but a nice bit. Yeah, I was out last night, she said. Came, came back home at about five in the morning and I had to be up to make it, make it back here to start work for nine. Fuck off, I said. Are you serious? Yeah, fairly grim. When are you finished here, says I... I have another hour here, I'm absolutely hanging, she said. I was weak laughing. Fucking hell, I said. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be that bad now. Neither would I usually, she said. Yeah, yeah, I said. I actually forgot how sound Tara is. Any, any more news for me, Saul, so, she said. Not a bit, to be honest. Oh yeah, Tara said to me. Did you hear about Timmy Roach's father? She clearly didn't realise the connection. Yeah, I said. That's absolutely sick-like, she burst out with. That's absolutely sick, like. That's absolutely sick, like. She burst out with. Yeah, sure, my aunt was married to him. I said, trying to keep the conversation from getting awkward. But her face dropped. Oh. Oh yes, she said, with her jaw half hanging open. I forgot you're related to him. Sorry. Thanks very much. I politely extended back to her, and started to shove my silk cut, whatever the fuck, into my back pocket and started to edge out the door. I'll see you later on, so Tara. ''Yeah, yeah, alright.'' She was struggling for words at this stage. ''Bye.'' I made my way out to the car. She definitely felt like she offended me or something, but she honestly hadn't. It was fucking true, but it was just awkward. I didn't think about it much as I drove back to the house. I just smoked my fag out the cracked window, moving deeper into the country, leaving the cold air into the car. It was well into January at this point, and most people had their decorations put away. There was one cunt who still had the lights on, blinking and flashing, in the height of January. Prick. I made it back to the house eventually and I was fucking dreading going in. It wasn't that I didn't want to be there. Obviously I did, especially for the sake of Timmy, but there's only so much of that you can take. I went in and myself and mam brought them all out to the kitchen to get something to eat. Timmy had a few chips alright, but Breed ate nothing at all. Mam reckoned that she hadn't ate anything in a few days. Will you eat something, Breed, mam says to her. I'm fine, she replied, which was probably the most I'd heard her say for days at that point. i go on, you've hardly had anything in a few days. You must be starving. I'm fine, she said, starting to sound a bit like this might be the only two words she could say. Timmy was keeping his head down with his arms folded and his shoulders slouched, picking out a few chips out of politeness, but he didn't want anything either. It was so hard to see him like that. So hard. Here, Timmy, I whispered to him. Do you want to come out for a bit of fresh air or something? hmm he sounded he wasn't expecting anyone to talk to him no it's grand ah come on i was insisting okay he said not arguing too much he was only wearing a t-shirt and was heading out like that will you stick on a jacket tim i said nah i'd say it'll be grand nah timmy it's fucking freezing but get a jacket i said and i stood in the kitchen waiting for him to get one Mam turned to me where are you going she said We're just heading outside for a bit of fresh air. All right, she said. Timmy came back with a small jacket on him. It didn't look warm at all, but I said it was grand and we headed out. It was fucking Baltic out that night. The air was moist and because I was out of the town, I was able to see the moon out in its full gleaming glory. Myself and Timmy weren't saying a whole pile. He wasn't in the mood for talking. But then I got a bright idea that I now regret somewhat. I pulled out of my back pocket the box of fags and offered Timmy one. Here will you have one?'' I said. ''No, you're fine, thanks,'' he said, in that sort of polite way where I knew he hadn't considered it. I insisted further, ensuring him I wouldn't tell his mother. ''Go on, man.'' ''Oh, no, it's all right. I'll say nothing, like, if you want one, have one,'' I said definitively. He looked over his shoulder and eventually agreed. He was excited. I told him we'd better head out the way out the back so that nobody would see us, and so we did. We were out of the, we were out of the light of the house and it was the only the moon that was lighting us both up all blue. I gave him the lighter and he lit up his fag, and then so did I. Although he wasn't in the form for talking, I could tell he appreciated the gesture. Didn't know you smoked, he said to me, uttering probably the longest sincere sentence I'd heard out of him for a while. I don't, I said, not usually. But I just took a notion there when I was on my way home. I fancied a box. Fair enough, he said. I smoke and I'm out like I said to him. Do you? I've only smoked a handful of times. Does everyone smoke when you're in college? Yeah, most people would do when they're out, I said. But I've friends who still have never smoked in their life. I've one that's never vaped. Go away, he said. (laughs) Yeah. Not much more was said as we inhaled our fags, both of us coughing like mad because our lungs weren't able. The cold was starting to nibble at my fingers and the smoke wasn't doing much to keep me warm. I spotted the empty doghouse belonging to Padge. I'd nearly forgot in the middle of all this that Padge had died. Padge was a lovely dog all the same. Terrifying looking mind. A big fuck off Alsatian but she was lovely. Are you staying here tonight? Timmy asked me. I don't know I said. I was going to offer for you to stay at my house. Really? He said. Yeah just get you out of the house here for a while you know. Yeah he said. That's a good idea actually. I'll say it to Mam sure. Sure tell her to call on as well. Don't leave her in the house on her own like. Oh yeah obviously said he. I'll head in and say it to her Go on I said And he started to head back in But just before he did he turned to me He wanted to get something off his chest by the looks of it All he said to me was thanks I said no bother And he stopped me and he said it again He insisted It was genuine He meant it Not just for giving him a fag But for the whole lot He just wanted to thank me for everything I suppose He headed back in I stood outside for another while in the cold, with my shoes letting the dew off the grass in to numb my toes. It dawned on me just there that I was stood on the very same lawn where they had found him. Where Larry died. And where Larry did what he did that ended up being the cause of his death. You might be wondering at this stage how he died. It dawns on me I haven't yet actually told you. I've kept this up for long enough now I suppose. You're probably full of questions. How did Larry die? Why are so many people talking about it? Why did no one come? Well, I suppose I'll tell you. It was around 4 o'clock when Bree came in home and there was no sign of Larry in the house. So she thought he might be out in the shed so she popped out the back to find him. And that she did. She found him, sprawled on the grass, the in blood, ripped apart. I didn't see him when he was like that. I only saw him day. I only. I didn't see him when he was like that. I only saw him days after in the coffin when he was all tidied up. Apparently, his stomach was torn apart. His cock had been torn off him, and he bled to death. Breed sat in the lawn beside him, talking to him, not knowing what was going on, who did this, and why. Then, who comes out wandering out of their little house? Only page? She trots out, destroyed in blood all around her mouth and down her front. Breed snapped out of it and freaked. She ran into the house and locked herself in. She rang the guards almost immediately and told them what had happened. They came quite quickly. They were prepared for Padge to come for them, but she didn't. They came and assessed the situation. It was obvious what had happened. Some animal crowd came and took Padge away. An ambulance came for Larry. Timmy was called home just before his father was taken away. So he saw it. He saw the state he was in. We all called straight on that night and the house was packed full of people. Each of us as shocked as each other. For such a mildly tempered dog this was so strange. The neighbours were all just lost for words. It was curious too why Padge didn't make a go for anyone else. It just didn't really make any sense. So that was that. Or so we thought. It was easier to process when that was the whole story. It was horrifying obviously but we could wrap our heads around it. Sometimes a dog might just snap. It happens. But when the guards came back a second time it changed. I wish they hadn't but I suppose there's an obligation. So they took Padge to be put down by a vet. Now the vet was also shocked at how this might happen because he said Padge seemed like a very well behaved dog and thought this might only happen if she'd been provoked. Now Larry would never have hit Padge at all. So we thought there was no way of that happening. But they went on. After Padge was put down the vet decided to do some extra examinations on her. To look for bruises and things like that. She hadn't been struck by anything at all. But they found trace amounts of a sedative in her system. Some sedative that they'd use for dogs. But apparently it wasn't much. The vet reckons whatever amount she got wasn't enough to put her to sleep. Now she might have been asleep but only for 10 minutes at most. Then they went on to explain they had indeed found bruises. Now this is where everything changed. It was after this moment when half the town that was in the house decided to make an excuse to leave and never come back. It was after this when everybody decided they weren't coming to the funeral. So they went on and told us what the vet found. They had found that Padge had been sexually assaulted. Not by a dog but by a person. They could tell by the bruises. They then felt the need to tell us they found small amounts of human semen in her vagina. It had to be sent away for DNA testing to see if it matched Larry, but there was no point. It was quite clear what had happened. Larry had given the dog a sedative, but hadn't given her enough. He then tried to rape her unconscious body, but she woke up and bit his cock off, and he bled to death in the lawn. So there you go. That's how Larry died. I don't blame anyone for not coming to the funeral. I wouldn't have either if I didn't have to. I just can't stop worrying about Timmy. Is he going to be alright? I headed back into the house and Timmy had his bag packed and was ready to come to ours. His mother was coming too. I think we were all looking forward to getting out of that house. Even just for the night. But there's only so much time you can spend hiding away from things. They could I suppose sell the house but nobody's buying that house after that. No. No. I suppose they're stuck with it, but I was happy to get him out of there, even if it was just for one night.